What's up, everyone, and welcome back to Cork Stats here on the Mayo Media Network with your host, John Legaza, big Johnny Stud, coming to you worldwide from Brooklyn, New York, as always, coming out the chair, as always, up before the crack of dawn, as always, to bring you the fastest show in MLB, absolutely anywhere as we get ready for the upcoming 2022 MLB fantasy and betting season. Man, you know I love to bet on baseball and the best way to do that is to stay sharp we're in the age of ubiquitous information everybody is so extremely sharp right now there's tons of information out there and i think that's where it's our job as good analysts and high stake players to step in and try and parse through what matters and what doesn't anybody could kind of give you rankings i think it's more about the application when we're in draft rooms right comparing not just the expectations but we have to add in the pricing and that's what we're going to do today something just a little bit different if you're unfamiliar to my work welcome you could check me out at mlb moving averages on twitter that's at mlb moving avg on the bluebird twitter machine get at me any time of day any day of the week I live for this but again if you're unfamiliar we've been doing lots of different stuff some comprehensive video breakdowns we've got some sleeper videos like Ranger Suarez Jordan Montgomery we've got some breakout videos Matt Olson Pete Alonzo we've got some player comps if you're looking for speed at the end of the first round Cedric Mullins versus Luis Robert or if you're looking for the best hitter overall in point leagues Bryce Harper versus Vlad Guerrero versus Juan Soto and much much more so make sure you smash that like button that animated thumbs up make sure you hit subscribe because the content the info coming hot and heavy and if you're looking for more of this you can even check out the cork stats youtube channel itself doing stuff in between these monday and friday videos so today like i said we'll be doing something just a little bit different i want to get into positional rankings on friday but like i said we're going to expand on rankings more so than just A is better than B is better than C because if the prices are different, which they are, that will change the values. So that's what I want to get into today. We're going to break down the first base position, take a look at the whole overview. We've got the top 15 first basemen on the board. We'll be taking a look at, we're going to go over last year's stats as a general overview, who sticks out and where. Then I'm going to introduce like a custom chart that's a bit of a study that will plot the expectations for dollar return value via the bat x compared to the adp that will help us find some value so without any further ado let's dive right in you see i brought up those dollar values that i mentioned listed one through 15 that's the right most column by the bat x by my good friend and very trusted analyst Derek hardy he is the man i'm going to try to get a hold of him and have him on the cork stats podcast and just get through some of the stuff see if he agrees with the way we're digesting the information and even maybe a little bit more how to apply it so like i said i have the values up but i want to just run through last year's stats really quick i won't kill you with it again these are the hitters at the top of the board we know they're all very good but we are looking for outliers so we know vlad guerrero was amazing you get a bit of everything except for steals freddie freeman can say the same everything except for steals pete alonzo was everything except for the really high batting average though if you check out the video i did on him the cork stats channel this week i am a bit higher than alonzo than the field and i have his home runs returning back he could be an mvp candidate paul goldschmidt five category contributions he even manages to steal bases at his advanced age he's a high iq guy abreu i'm a bit worried about matt olsen i love because of the gains in 
Disciplinary metrics, Reese Hoskins set for a bounce back. A lot of those metrics really strong. Joey Votto just rediscovered his power stroke to Josh Bell, a bit undersold, who I like seeing for CJ Cron, who could even add a bit of batting average for a fallback first base candidate. Mal Castle and Mancini, who I both like, I'm a bit worried about because of the dimension changes in Baltimore. Then Jared Walsh, who I also really like, a bit worried about the splits. And then Bobby Dalback, who's going very late. But if you're following my stuff on Twitter, you know I'm into him because of the disciplinary gain. So everybody up top, of course, is going to be very good. Let's just run through my statistical baskets and look for outliers. If you're unfamiliar again, welcome for the second time. We're looking at surface stats, which are like your batting averages and stuff, but we want to look at discipline. We want to look at elevation and then batted ball quality when we combine all of those things with projections. Hopefully, that will point us in the right direction. Slugging, OPS, and ISO all basically through the roof for a lot of these hitters, except, believe it or not, for Josh Bell. He's the only hitter outside of Jose Abreu that had a sub-500 slug along with Mancini last year, though Mancini might be a bit of a different example coming off the cancer diagnosis. The fact he gave us such a good year coming off that I think he'll go back to the big bopper that we saw before the injury. Gotta love Mancini. Gotta love that story. I'm pulling for him regardless if he ends up on my team or not. So again, batting averages, ISO, all these are going to look extremely strong. WRC Plus is strong across the board. Everyone is above 120 except for Josh Bell at 118. And again, for those Orioles, Mountcastle and Mancini, 111 and 105, though Jared Walsh did come in at 127. Let's get into the disciplinary basket. That's extremely important for hitters. We're expecting lots of power from. We don't want too many strikeouts. Guerrero, Freeman go near the top of the board with the sub-16% K rate. Matt Olson followed up some poor strikeout metrics with very strong ones. I happen to be buying those trends. He came in with a 5.5% K minus walk last year. I'm expecting a step forward. Lots of average K baskets. Abreu, Hoskins, Votto. All average, though Votto does walk a ton. Not so much of a help in Roto. Is a huge Huge help in point leagues. Make sure you're pushing up Votto in those formats. Then when you get near the bottom, again, remember the running trends here. As the WRC pluses fall off, it's for a reason. The disciplinary baskets not as strong in the back. Mountcastle, Mancini, Walsh, and Dalback all have weaker disciplinary baskets, especially Dalback, though he did show us some second half improvements, which I expect to continue. And he's one of my favorite picks at CI. No matter the format, I don't want him as my starting first baseman. Let's get into elevation. Lots of good stuff here, what you'd expect. Lots of fly balls. However, Guerrero, his fly balls are a bit low. His ground balls are a bit too high. Same for Freddie Freeman, and I believe that will cap their home run potential. Remember, Guerrero will not be playing in Dunedin, where he just went ballistic last year. I'm a bit lower than the field on Guerrero. Because of where he goes in Roto, I generally want some steals. In a point league, he is a top four or five overall pick, top three overall hitter, depending where you slot those pitchers. Let's get back into the elevation. Alonzo, Goldschmidt, Olsen, Hoskins, Kron, and Mountcastle, all major, major fly ball hitters and why I like to circle them when I'm looking for home runs. Guys to keep the ball off the ground. Hoskins, Votto, Kron, Mountcastle, all with sub 39% ground ball rates along with Alonzo and Goldschmidt. Those elevation baskets are really strong, something that I tend to look for. Let's get into the batted ball stats before we move on. 
all of the expected Wobas extremely high. In fact, of the first 12 hitters, not one of them has an ex-Woba below 350. When we get to Mountcastle and Mancini again, they get to 325 and 339, respectively. Bobby Dalback steps up there with a 340 ex-Woba. I love that. Hard hit rates, probably where you'd expect in the top 10th percentile, pretty much across the board, except for Mountcastle. So if you keep noticing, Mountcastle's name is coming up again and again, combined the dimension changes in Baltimore, I can tell you right off the bat, I'm getting away from Mountcastle, especially since he's not the 15th listed first baseman here. All the expected Woba on contact, extremely high. In fact, they're all at 400 or greater, which is the benchmark for excellence. Everybody on this list has a better than 112 max EV. So again, we're really not worrying about much of the power, but how do we di- differentiate? It's with those baskets. It's with discipline. It's with elevation. So that's a bit of an overview of how we look. Now let's get into those dollar returns. It's Guerrero, Freeman, Alonzo, Goldschmidt, and Abreu at the top five. Then Olsen, Hoskins, Votto, Muncie, and Bell. Ugh, I didn't cover Mac Muncie for a reason. I believe he's injured. He's on my do not draft list. Not interested in Max Muncie whatsoever. Then Bell, Cron, Mountcastle, Mancini, Walsh and Dalback at the bottom. You'll see a couple names added in there. Guys that I don't really consider first baseman like Cronenworth or Stevenson. You really don't want those guys as your first baseman. You want Stevenson behind Dish. You want Cronenworth at second or maybe even shortstop. Probably not because of the depth at that position. So again, it's always all about context and nuance. So now let's move forward to that study. I wanted to make sure that I laid the groundwork first for our understanding of these players and what we're looking at before we line it up with expectations. So if you look at the chart for your audio-only listeners, I'll try and walk you through it. What we have here is an overlay of the relationship between price in dollar return as per the BATX's projection system opposed to ADP, which kind of makes sense, right? Return versus cost, something that we spoke about at the onset cost really, really should be the determinant factor unless a player's skill set just absolutely jumps off the page or happens to fill a categorical need for you in Roto, which at first base probably not so much the case. You want to be circling the price. It's all about value. Let's look at the chart. If you notice, I put a trend line in there as well. And we don't want to overreact to it, but what this trend line is going to kind of do is serve as a measure of value, right? With pricing going from 0 to 40 up to down, as you'd expect, ADP going from 0 to 250 left to right, as you'd expect, what that will do is place any dots underneath the line and to the left as a non-value, right? It means that you're below the trend of that relationship between production and dollar. Again, it's not enough to marry ourselves to, but we want it just to maybe highlight. Guerrero, well above the line, probably where you expect. Projection systems absolutely love him for 40-plus home runs, 230 runs and ribbies with a 310 average. I don't know if he's going to get there, but if he does, he's going to return just about any price, even if he doesn't steal bases. Freeman is right on the line. Then we get into more of the clump, that upper tier. Alonzo, a slight value per the chart, expected to return more than the ADP. Goldschmidt, just below. Matt Olson is a bit below. And now let's walk you through why I do have the projections here themselves. 
And it's because of the batting average. Matt Olson is projected for a 251 batting average, 36 bombs, 92 ribbies with 85 runs. All of those are a bit lower than I expect. I believe the increase in contact skills and the improvement in disciplinary metrics is going to open up the door for a slightly better batting average. I don't expect 300, but I do think we'll get 265. I also think Olson is one of those candidates for 40 home runs which should bring the runs and ribbies up a touch even if the ribbies maybe don't crack 100 because of the poor offense they're going to have some guys at the top there I still like Ron Laureano it still is a major league team I think it won't get him to 120 but I do think he could get to 200 combined runs and ribbies so that would shift Olsen's value a bit on the chart but again, these things are kind of built to disagree with a touch. You know, there's nothing there's nothing really wrong um, with that. So let me get back into um, the study here, the chart. Well, Olson I wanted to highlight because he's being read as a non-value. But when I go against my own work, I think he is. So that's always really important. We do trust Derek and all the work he does. But if you put in as much work as I do, you have to trust it or there wouldn't really, really wouldn't be any point in doing it. Let's work our way down into the next tier. Again, Abreu seen as a slight non-value. Again, because of average, because of lack of steals. Now is when speed gets to really be factored into the equation when we're talking about batting averages that are not 300 and not having 38 home runs and not having 210 ribby and runs combined. That's where steals are really going to come into play. That tends to hurt Abreu a bit, and I tend to agree. This center clump is really where all the action is happening in the first base market. I know it can be a bit tough to read because the points are right on top of each other, but that's why they're clumped where they are in draft rooms. The expected return very much matches the draft cost. So in this example, right now we're talking about um, it's Hoskins, it's Votto, it's Muncie, it's Bell, it's Cron, even Walsh are all going between ADP 113 and 140. And if you're an experienced fantasy baseballer like I am, you know those ADPs are the same cost because if there is a bit of a run in first base maybe you're at a turn you have to look forward into the draft room and you may open up the first base tab and see there's only two guys left you're going to take one because you don't want to wait 24 30 or more picks for it to get back to you so there is a reason that these players are all in a clump because of the expected returns now i think i'm pretty much in line with a lot of this and you know again this is why i've been you know, targeting these players because, again, they're right on the line. So I agree here that I do believe that it's fair. If I haven't gotten one of my other first basemen early, I also try not to overload on it because, again, I, I believe in Matt Olson, but I'm not looking to break the bank for him. He does go early, and I have found myself kind of punting back to guys like Akron that I think could fill the box score. Of course, that would, yeah, again, it won't be 40 home runs, but let's check out these bat X projections for, for CJ Cron. 269 average, it's a 270 average, 29 home runs, 75 runs with 84 ribbies. And again, if this guy's on base with those 29 home runs, 270 average, he could run kind of hot and even exceed that. So you see why he's ended up there. That's good for a $13.20 return. Let's look at Josh Bell, $13.40 return. I know it, it seems so, 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 so close, and they are very close, but this should serve as a lesson why every single stat matters and why it is important not to obsess over these player analysis over this but it is really important to make sure that we do parse through the details and validate our work so we feel confident in it 
So let's get back into that blob a bit. Bell, the same almost exact return as Kron. What's the difference? Not much. Three less home runs for Bell. Bell has five more runs, the same exact amount of ribbies, the same amount of steals, and two bips in average, two thousandths, meaning 271 opposed to 269. So just give you an idea of how close these things can come, and maybe even so how home runs maybe not as valuable as you think. You think, well, three more home runs, 29 to 26, should make a bigger difference than just 20 cents in return, and it doesn't. So in the glob, I am down with all basically all the guys I mentioned. I have found they've been away from Votto. The age does scare me a bit, though he could get a boost with the UDH. He should hit every day. We know he has great plate control. Um, seemed to be said for Mancini, who I spoke about already. We spoke about Walsh. His return is a bit lower because of the expectations for batting average. 250 is where it can become a concern. Seems to be said for Bobby Dalback. His projection is for 240, 31 home runs, 74 and 81. So the counting stats would be there for Dalback, but the 240 average could be a drag, which is also why I'm not overloading on Bobby Dalback as much as I like him and do expect him to step forward. The other side of that range of outcomes is really bad. And now with his price moving up, even though we see him all the way to the right of the screen. That's why I like him so much. And he's above that value line. Seem to be said for Trey Mancini all the way to the right of the screen, which is your ADP. So they're found the latest in ADP and their values. So that's why I'm circling those guys. And it's no surprise why I even have a couple teams with the Mancini dialback combination at first base and corner, just to show you how much I believe in this kind of application of our understanding of price versus production. So that's just a quick kind of run through of the first base position. You know, it really is impossible to do the kind of granular work we've been doing for all of these players. That would be 15 different videos at 15 minutes apiece. You know, that would be really long. Not sure anybody even wants to do that. So I think going forward on Mondays, we'll keep doing the player breakdowns that we have been doing. And then on Friday, I'll be tackling positions in this manner. We're going to do the general overview of all the top, let's say, 12 or 15, so we can cover all the different kind of formatted leagues. We're going to go through those baskets again to look for outliers, and then we're going to bring up the chart to look for expectations versus cost against our own work for validation. That will help us bring our own decision. Again, I wish I could promise that it was going to be right. We never know if we're going to be right, but I do know that when you do this kind of work and you believe in it, that even when you're wrong, it's not say you won't care, but you won't be upset, you won't have regret, and you won't become reactive. Right? We always want to be pro proactive in this field. So there's a couple lessons for you on the way out the door as we get through the first base landscape. You can see why I'm a little bit off of the very top. I like a little bit of the guys whose expectations for me, for myself, are greater than projections. Maybe I'm picking from the blob, and then if not, I'm looking for those values above the line in Mancini and Dalback. So that will do it from John Legaza here at the Mayo Media Net and Cork Stats. Thank you so, so much for picking up what we're putting down. And remember, when you work this hard, it feels a lot less like luck. Peace.